0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and today is Friday, November 11th, 2016, and today we are reading from the big book, where in the chapter, A Vision for You, we will be reading from page 162 is where we'll be starting, and today's readers are 12 Steps, Chris G., 12 Traditions, Liz T., and our text readers are Renata G., Mary B., and Amanda R., and our newcomer greeter is Nancy H. And the share ID for yesterday, Thursday, November tenth, 2016, is 9252-9252. has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Chris G. to read the 12 steps for us, please.
1: Good morning, everybody. This is Chris G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Connecticut, and thank you for allowing me to do service. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four. made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five. Admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven. thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry carry this message to alcoholics to to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Chris G., And I will now ask Liz T. to read the 12 Traditions for us, please.
2: Hi, this is Liz T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Minnesota. The 12 Traditions. 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 2. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional We need always remain pers- maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us, ever, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Liz T. How our meeting works. everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And so today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, A Vision for You. We will begin our reading on page 162, the second paragraph every few days. Two paragraphs will be read, the first for context and the second for comments. And I will ask Renata G. to
3: begin reading for us, please. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Good morning, family. This is Renata G., Recovered Composed Overeater in Istanbul. Every few days, this doctor suggests our approach to one of his patients. Understanding our work, he can do this with an eye to selecting those who are willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis. Many of us former patients go there to help. Then in this eastern city, there are informal meetings such as we have described to you where you may now see scores of members there are the same fast friendships there is the same helpfulness to one another as you find among our Western friends there is a good bit of travel between East and West and we foresee a great increase in this helpful interchange someday we hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find a Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. To some extent, this is already true. Some of us are salesmen and go about. Little little clusters of twos and threes and fives of us sprung up in other communities through contact with our two larger centers. Those Those of us who travel drop in as often as we can this practice enables us to lend a hand at the time, at the same time avoiding certain alluring distractions of the road about which any traveling man can inform you. Uh, thank you. This is a lot of reading. Uh, oh, first of all, I would like to apologize to the group for not showing up last week. Uh, Skype was cut off in Turkey. That's why I couldn't read. So I apologize for that. And uh, here on the second paragraph, you know, it says, someday we hope every alcoholic who journeys will find a fellowship. And, you know, I think this is somewhat true for AA, but unfortunately not for OA. At least here, there is no OA, there are no OA meetings. Um, but, you know, thank God, because of technology today, like, you know, we can be connected even if over the phone. So... Um, one thing I wanted to focus on was um, the alluring distractions of the road about which any traveling man can inform you. And the way I took this is, you know, life in general, right? Not just when we're traveling or in a different country or, you know, I, I feel like here there are a lot of challenges together all the time but you know for anyone is the same you know what this program did for me was to teach me how to live life on life's terms how to use the steps to to cope how to have a, a relationship with a power greater than myself because on my own i could not live in new york or brazil or in turkey and um you know as it says here on the text, like, I drop in, you know, in this meeting as often as I can, but my recovery cannot be based, cannot be grounded in this meeting, because sometimes I can't have access. I can't go to a physical meeting or a phone meeting or online meeting, nothing, you know? So I really needed to practice the work, like it says on the, the first paragraph, right? The work of the steps you know learn how to live on a spiritual basis because that's what enables me to live recovered on you know doesn't matter where I am you know that's what gives me um tools that I live to that I need to live life and so you know meetings are great, and that's the way I got connected with the steps and you know hopefully there'll be a meeting here one day. But uh, the real recovery is in working the 12 steps, not just listening to meetings. With that, I pass things.
0: Thank you, Renata G. And I forgot to add add the asterisk. On the bottom of the page, it says, written in 1939. And my book says, in 2013, there are over 114,600 groups. There is AA activity in approximately 170 countries with an estimated membership of over 2 million. And with that, I'm going to open this up. And who would like to share on this second paragraph on page 162?
4: Tina
0: S. I heard Tina. There was someone Janice else there. And I, Janice. Hey, Janice. Pat P. Pat Pete. Reva Melissa, Reva, Reva, wait a minute, Reva, Larry, Melissa, my pen, can you see it smoking? <laughs> all right, this is what I've got, Tina, uh, Tina S, say that again, Marie J, Marie, Okay. all right, this is what I've got, Tina S, Janice B, Pat, I didn't get your last initial, Reva, Larry K, Melissa C, and Marie J, so Tina, you're up, and then it'll be Janice.
5: Thanks, Monica, for your service. Tina compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. And well, What a lovely and inspiring share. You know, I, I don't have the opportunity that was just shared about, um, but I, I love the attitude and, and the deal of, you know, it's not about the meetings that I make. Uh, it's not about the stuff that I say. It's about the stuff that I do and how I practice this in all my affairs. And And, it, and it's just exhilarating to know that, that everybody, that there are people out there that are doing it, so there's not an excuse for me. I mean, I can have uh, an excuse to go back, but there's it's, it's not a reason, let's put it that way. I, I have the opportunity, like everybody else does, to do this deal one day at a time. And, you know, fortunately for, for my area where I live, I, you know, we have many, many OA meetings and many, many AA also. But so somebody who is traveling here, you know, I've had the opportunity many times take people to meetings and and to have newcomers come at our meeting not newcomers, people that are new to the area come to our meetings here and so and so that's, you know, my um, responsibility today is to carry the message of over years and honest. not a message, but the message. And for me, the message is the twelve steps in recovery and and so I love that um that the history is, that this stuff stuff tells me that this is going to happen over time and that it has come about through the pioneers of Overeaters Anonymous and and Alcoholics Anonymous to to make this available in in certain areas today and and certainly over time I think that it will increase and, you know, and, and one of the things that I know today, it says, this practice enables us to lend a hand at the same time avoiding certain annoying distractions of the road. And that, too, for me, means just living life on life's terms to match calamity with your serenity, you know, and the opportunity that I have today to do that with you all. And that will pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Tina. S., yes. Janice B., it's your turn, and then it will be Pat.
6: Thank you, Monica. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B., Recovered compulsive reader in Vermont. And grateful to be sharing um, this practice enables us to lend a hand at the same time avoiding certain alluring distractions of the road, so um there it is again to lend a hand, and um isn't that what this is all about to lend a hand and um, and uh, why why because because that's how we stay abstinent and that's how we um grow in our spiritual life and um i was thinking this morning while i was meditating for um a, you know a significant period of time that i never used to meditate for that long and and even being willing to meditate thinking about meditating twice a day and um that would never that wouldn't I would never have thought of that I I would and if someone had told me that that's what I um I needed to do and that's what I should do I I would not have um I would have pushed that away definitely but but we grow we grow at our own rate and um and the helping hand is um it, it it's not it's not for it's helping us when we when we lend a helping hand, and and we have to like let go of the um, let go of the outcome and the expectation. Just show up, show up with love and kindness and honesty and um, and goodwill, and um, and let the outcome. That that's how we avoid certain alluring distractions. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Janice B. Pat. And please tell us your last initial. You're up, and then it'll be Reva P.
7: Hi, my name is Pat P. And I'm from Minnesota, compulsive overeating. And can you hear me?
8: Yes. Mm-hmm.
7: OK. Um. I want, I want to kind of focus on this practice enables us to lend a hand at the same time avoiding certain alluring distractions. And certainly last night I had the I was very grateful for somebody who lent a hand because I really uh was in a situation that uh it was very hard for me to control but thanks to being able to be picked up and have somebody there I was able to make it on this road of destruction. And I'm very grateful for that. And I'm very grateful for meetings. You know, I'm very grateful for all who show up and suit up. And I'm thankful that, um, that you know, that there's so many helping hands that are willing to help. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Pat P. Reva P., you're up, and then it'll be Larry K.
9: Good morning, it's Reva P, Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. What we read reminds me that my disease does not take a vacation. It does not take a day off. Um, And attending meetings wherever I've ever been, um, and I've actually uh, been driven by a fellow member in Barbados, to a prison where there was um, a 12-step AA meeting. There was no OA, and you know that was just an awesome, amazing experience. Um, so there's no excuses, but the alluring distractions can be right here. Um, you know, it can be somebody's birthday, and everybody else gets to have this. Maybe I should have it too. Um, everybody else gets to be frantic and crazy. Um, about something in the news and maybe I should just um, get caught up in that too um, and that kind of frenzy and fear will usually uh, drive me back to food. So there are lots of alluring distractions and the purpose of the meetings is not you know, to say, you see, I went to X number of meetings and now I'm safe and I'm a good girl and I'm going to you know, be abstinent. The, the purpose of all this stuff is to remind me who I am to remind me who I'm not, to remind me um, what the nature of my illness is because I have this built-in forgetter. Um, I forget that I have a physical allergy and a mental twist that drives me back even when I've put it down. Um, So when I want to recover, if I'm willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis, then I do the work of the meetings, the calls, whatever, to remind me who I am and what I need to do and to keep me connected to that power greater than myself that keeps me sane and well physically and spiritually. Um, So those are all um, lovely things, but it's really to remind me um, of what I need to do to stay healthy. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Reva P. Larry Kay, you're up, and then it'll be Melissa C.
10: Hi, I'm Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive reader uh, from Chicago. Thanks for your service, Monica. You know, um, I'm in a hotel right now. I'm down in uh, Peoria, Illinois, and um, I have to meet with some, some colleagues uh, later this morning. And it just reminds me, you know, all through my 20s and 30s, I would travel every week. Uh, one hotel after another, and you talk about alluring distractions when you have an untreated this untreated condition. Of course, back then I didn't know I had it. You know, there were heroin dens everywhere. You know, <laughs> for me the heroin dens it was the the vending machines and the fast food restaurants, the uh, convenience stores, and the the privacy with my 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 drugs, if you will, splayed out, uh, shades drawn. TV blaring. You know, in my little hotel room it was the safest place in the world for me. Boy oh boy, I was just uh, disconnected from everyone and everything. And uh it brought about ease and comfort. I wasn't happy, joyous and free in those days, you know, but I I don't regret the past. I remember him. You know, the fellowship is a beautiful thing. I take the fellowship with me. You know, I, I there's there's rarely anywhere I can go where I don't know someone. Some compulsible reader. But I'm connected to so many. I've just met so many um, all around the world, mostly in this country. And so I take my program with me, and we get to carry the message to each other. Um, But here's the thing, the difference between the fellowship. The fellowship never got me well. It's beautiful, but it never got me well. The reason I'm in this condition today that I could be in this hotel and, uh, you know, where the obsession's been lifted is because of the the second leg of our program, which is, well, which is the program, is the practical program of action. It's different than the fellowship. The fellowship's great. The meetings, the, the telephones, sponsorship, all that stuff is beautiful, but none of it will get you well. I can assure you that. Um, what will get you well is the program of action found in the 12 Steps work precisely it's, it, the program of action is in um every most people on this line know that it's in the first 164 pages of the book that we call the big book the big book of alcoholics anonymous it's the instruction manual it's a text and like most text uh, text books you have a, a teacher that takes you through that and, and we call that a sponsor and that's what what happened to me someone was good enough to crack open this big book of alcoholics anonymous and take me through this these instructions it's an instruction manual the fellowship will never get you well you can travel anywhere your disease will go with you I took it with me everywhere today I have treated I have a treated condition by the grace of God and I can stay on this pathway as long as I remain in fit spiritual condition and there's you know there's some instructions about how you how we go about that so it's just a beautiful program and uh I don't regret the past. Grateful for it. With that I pass. Thanks.
4: Thank you,
0: Larry Kay. Melissa C, your turn, and then it'll be Marie J.
11: Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C, recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And um yeah, I'm thinking this morning about um, you know, I've traveled across the country as well and um and I've traveled other places too and the alluring distractions of the road, you know, for for people that perhaps um, this book may have been thought about um, initially, you know, my alluring distractions are different. They're not, um, uh, they're not bars, you know, they're fast food um, places. There's extra portions. The, there's a self-centeredness. Um, that's my alluring distraction. And, um, you know, when I think about vacations and travel, they were always the times um, when the food was enticing. You know, it seems quite reasonable to put um my daily work aside. After all I'm on vacation. Um, doesn't that mean that we relax? Um, you know, and take a vacation? And any time that I've done that, um, it leads to z- disastrous results. You know, if I tell a sponsee, um, oh, I'm gonna be away then and I won't be able to talk at all, um, I- I'm like on shaky ground. Yeah, it might mean um that I have to work a little bit differently my availability but um my my commitment um to work with others that kind of has to travel with me regardless because um if I start getting uh too invested in myself you know too invested in this notion of vacationing um, I'm on shaky ground you know it's not too far um For me that the food starts looking more more appealing you know so today when I travel whether um, we go camping more often you know with our kids um, I still have to stay very close to my program you know for me that means continuing with my daily work Um, thank God there's a phone meeting you know if I can't get it um, exactly at that seven o'clock or eight o'clock hour it's recorded you know I can get it later Um, i need to listen i need to sort of reset my brain um i have to come in my food when i'm away no matter what you know i wouldn't think it was wise for an alcoholic to drink on vacation you know so why would it be okay for me to not weigh and measure and commit my food when i'm away you know i'm i know that this disease is deadly and my treatment of it i have to be very serious about it um the beauty is, is that through working the steps and living in a recovered state, I want to do these things today. I don't want to return back to the hell of the food. You know, um, just really grateful today that this fellowship um, and working the steps is so easily accessible, so long as I'm willing um, and honest. And
1: thank you. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Melissa C. And Marie J., it's your turn. Hi, this is Marie J. from Colorado
12: and uh, grateful recovering compulsive overeater and glad to have the courage to share for my first time. Um, I've been in a program for a few years and just in vision for a few months. And this idea of alluring distractions also really caught me um, because I can be here right in town and doing my, doing my deal, doing my day, doing my life. And the idea of alluring distractions is about allowing life to get complicated and giving me a reason and my addict reason to, to relapse or to just act out in any kind of way. And I am in the rooms being pretty dedicated to go to meetings and, and be out there, um, the distractions of life can still get in the way of my recovery. I got to step nine um, a year ago or so, year and a half ago, and and I relapsed. And still while going to meetings, still while being out there, and and it just came on gradually. And I was in denial. And and the reason was because it. It was fear that overcame me and complications in life and my mom dying and things happening that um, it were alluring distractions from practicing my program. And I came into these rooms and uh, was here for a few months and I got to step nine. And again, it was just too too easy to be distracted and, and get out. And uh, I relapsed again and I got back on the beam. And it's because of this meeting that... Um, I'm doing the daily work, but what I realized is I wasn't committed I wasn't committed to everything until this last time getting back on the beam getting committed doing the meeting every day being in these rooms and, most importantly, um, learning to rely on a power greater than myself and so. Now getting to to step nine, there's no distractions because I'm in it, I'm in it every day and I'm not allowing things to be too complicated. I'm not allowing the allure of, oh, my life is so complicated and troubled that I can't get through this and work the steps. And I've really learned and I've actually caught, caught this in the last few days that it's simple, this is simple. Put down the food, be willing to take a spiritual journey and I think that that is... Part of that pull on the alluring distractions. It's just being willing to stay in the spiritual journey so that I don't get distracted, so my addict doesn't get to say, oh, life is too complicated. And then taking action every day on the steps, every day being in the steps, in the meetings, and then carrying the message any way that I can. Thanks. I pass.
0: Thank you, Marie J. And would anybody else like to comment on the on this paragraph before we move on? Charles H. Janice. Got oh, a Joe. <laughs> I got Charles, <laughs> I like got Janice. That's all I got. <laughs> Let's Naomi try. Nossa.
13: NASA.
0: NASA, Nasa O. Got Z. Naomi B. Uh, wait a minute. Um I got Naomi, and it was somebody before Naomi. Patsy. Z. B. Mara, all right, Mara. Mara Z. And I heard one other voice. Harlan G. G. I got, got you, Harlan. Okay. Who is the lady?
14: Patsy B. Pat.
0: Okay, Patsy. Is that Patsy or Patsy?
4: Patsy, like Patsy
6: Klein.
0: Okay, good.
6: <laughs>
0: all right, okay, this is what I got. Charles. Janice, Harlan, Nessa R, Vasa O, Mara Z, Naomi B, and Patsy C. Okay, Charles, you're up, and then Janice.
15: Thank you, Monica T.C., at our loyal service and, and your good ear. <laughs> um, Charles H., a recovered compulsive over here, And uh, And <clears throat> I just want to say that uh, I, it's so gratifying and so elated. I'm so elated to stretch my hand out every single day. And 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 by the way, eighty eighty two years later, um, you know, it's Armistice Day and the war is over. And I would just like to thank the predecessors. Um, I like to thank Bill W. for for writing his story and telling us that. Then came the insidious insanity of that first drink. On Armistice Day in 1934, he was off again. Well, 82 years later, um, it's not a distraction for me, um, knowing that that one bite away. You know, yeah, I'm one bite away every single day. I'm a desperate, hopeless case. One, uh, one bite away every day. That's why I put my hand out and I sacrifice myself. I'm talking about sacrifice what I want sacrifice, what you know, and, 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 and I get I get a daily reprieve. And if the war is over. <laughs> every day is a battle. You know, untreated alcoholism has nothing to do with alcohol. You know, um the war is over. And um being helpful um you know and working these 12 steps in order every single day. For the newcomer that picked up, I definitely did that several times. We're all at, the, at, at, at the, the, the race together today. Never been here today. Today is day one every single day. And as long as I stretch my hand out to that newcomer and to that somebody that's going through something. You know, Dr. Bob says the 12th, he summed it up in two words, service and love. Service and love. You know, and that's the twelve steps. And and as as um as as you get that psychic change and you get that spiritual awakening every single day, because the enemy wants to tell me that I'm not worth it today. The enemy wants to remind me that, you know what? It's a war out there. <laughs> but the war is over. It's just a daily battle. And and, and to be trudging this happy world of destiny with you all on here is just such a blessing. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Monica, for your service.
0: Thank you, Charles H. And a gentle reminder if you are not the speaker, please keep your phone muted so we don't have a lot of background noise. Okay, it's now Janice M's turn, and then it'll be Harlan G.
4: Well, thank you. I'm still laughing with the cats. The cats want to (laughs) eat. And um, yeah, my name is Janice, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The very first sentence. Someday, someday. Well, today's the day. Someday, we hope that every alcoholic, every compulsive eater who journeys will find a fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. Well, let me tell you. Um, previous. First of all, the first. The, the only purpose that I have here to get the obsession of my mind removed is to have a relationship with my higher power, whom I choose to call God. How can I do this? Well, this is how I did it. Like many, many others, thousands of others. I went through these 12 steps to find that power. And then, you know, I've had the experience of going and traveling on ships, ships in the middle of the ocean and um, I went when I wasn't- re- recovered, and you know I white knuckled it, and oh I fought it, and I did this, and I did that, but you know what I didn't have the power the strength, the direction I wasn't in fit spiritual condition, which means i I was not recovered. I didn't have the spiritual awakening as the result of these steps in order not to in order to fight that particular food, but let me tell you. The ship, even in the ship, I found Alcoholics Anonymous. And at that meeting, because I'm not an alcoholic today, but at that meeting, there was one woman, and she was practicing OA. I mean, even in the water, even in the middle of the ocean, hopefully you'll find somebody, you know. And did I attend a meeting every day? Yeah, because I wanted to connect with my higher power. Um, and they, they used to say on the, the platter or whatever it was, who's this Friends of Bill W.? Well, I know who it was, and so I attended it every day. And the, and the purpose, and, and what I want to say is, if I do not become recovered, the gift is not given to me, through these 12 steps, that's where I'm going to find this power so that I won't knuckle it, I won't fear it. Um, There's no distractions. The only distraction is in my mind that I'm not powerless. That's the biggest distraction, is that I'm not powerless. But when I have the power and I know I'm powerless, then to know God, K-N-O-W, is to know, K-N-O-W, peace. If there is no God in my life, guess what? There is no N-O peace, and that's what I'm looking for is peace of mind, peace in serenity. That's the goal, the purpose of a relationship with the higher power, to have that peace. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Janice M. Harlan G., it's your turn, and then it'll be Nessa R.
4: Thank you for your service, Janice.
16: Can I be heard?
0: You may. You is. Thank
16: you. What are we talking about specifically here? We're talking about people who came in contact with Dr. Bob or with Bill Wilson. Bill, obviously, in New York, who, as was mentioned this morning, started his last spree on exactly this date, 1934. Thank God that that spree ended with saving my life and yours. We're talking about Fitz Mayo and Jimmy Burwell, who started it in Baltimore. We're talking about Archie Throwbridge, who started it in Detroit. We're talking about Earl Treats, and we're talking about Sylvia Kaufman, who started AA in Chicago, thank God. And we're talking about all these various pioneers. What did they do, and what did they not do? What they did was they exemplified through deed and word recovery. You can't BS a BSer. And the people on this line and the people in OA are are liars. And you can't lie to a liar. So they spoke and understood the language of the heart, the truth. In Jewish, it's called the the emes, the truth. That's what they did. And what did they not do? They did not dilute the message. They did not sit and talk about tools. And they did not sit and talk about food. And they did not sit and talk about nonsense, narishkite. They talked about what happen, What they talked about who they were, what happened, and what they are like now. And they focused on the working of the steps and the spiritual awakening, spiritual experiences that they had. That's what they did. Now, is this opportunity gone? Absolutely not. Is this opportunity something that presents itself today? Absolutely. Because every one of us, including me, especially me, must remember always to be the outstretched hand of Overeaters Anonymous, to those who urgently seek it. For this, I am responsible. And I have to do those things every day and make it number one on my priority list. And with that, I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Harlan G. Nessa R., you're up, and then it'll be Vasa O.
14: Hi, a good of... morning. Oh. Hello? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, good morning, Vision, for you. Uh, this is Nessa R., recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, somebody's ruffling papers in the background. If you could please mute, that would be great. Um, um, what this paragraph tells me is that just the same way that I took my disease with me wherever I went, and I could find the time um, and make the effort to find the foods that I wanted to indulge in um, and the behaviors I wanted to indulge in, so is my recovery, so is my program. And now more than ever, program is so portable. Um, I don't even have to pack a big book anymore. You know, I can have it at my fingertips. You know, on my phone. Um, there's meetings everywhere, and there, where there isn't a meeting, there are phone meetings, there are online meetings, and this tells me that there are there, there's no excuses. And I, I was full, I was full of excuses. Um, you know, before I recovered, you know, there's so many reasons why I didn't have the time to go to meetings. Why, you know, I couldn't win, and measure my food. You know. Um, Somebody told me, you've got to put program first. And I thought, how can I put program ahead of my children, you know? And the truth is that when I was, quote, unquote, putting my children ahead of my program, I was really putting me ahead of everybody else and the food, you know, because I was more focused on on my kids' snacks than I was focused on them. Um, You know, this this also brings to mind um, the very beginning of how it works on page 52 where it said, those who do not recover are those who cannot or will not give themselves to this simple program. And the truth is that there's, there's a million of excuses out there, you know, for why I don't have time to, to read the book, why I don't have time to work the steps, you know, why I cannot stay abstinent, why I cannot weigh and measure my suit. But they're just that—they're excuses. There are no reasons. You know, now when I travel whether it's a short trip or a long trip, the first thing I plan and often the first thing I pack is my food, you know, because I cannot take any chances. And then, you know, I have a pocket version of, of the big book, and which I, I, I carry with me always, you know, like almost 24-7, and I have it there with me. And then with my phone, I can access meetings. I can call people. I can speak to my sponsor. You know, I can take 10 steps. I can give away 10 steps. I can... You know, do anything I need to do to stay well, but that is the key, you know. Those who do not recover are those who cannot or will not. So the question is, am I willing to do what it takes or am I not? Am I willing to let go of all the excuses and put program first? You know, somebody told me, you know, when you put program first, everything else becomes first rate. So even the number two spot, which would be my family, or number three spot, which is my job, um, you know, they become so much better than they would have been if I had not been put in program first. Uh, but it requires effort and it requires courage above all. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nessa R. And we've got about 10 minutes, and I have four names. So if you all can keep it a little shorter, everybody can get in. Vasa, oh, you're up, and then it'll be Maura Z.
13: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Monica, for your service. And I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive over calls from Florida. Someday, I never thought that they would ever come to me or believe would come to me that I would be able to put the food down after trying to put it out for so long and so many years. And I was just so hopeless, you know. And then coming, God, I prayed even before I found the program. I prayed to God, and I very rarely prayed to God that often. But I remember saying, God, if you're there, show me where you are. And not too long after that, I was brought into Overeaters Anonymous, and I was given this beautiful book. It's amazing, you know, and I've gone to many trips over the years. I mean, I've gone many, many cruises, you know, when I, after I came to the program, I've gone to Europe six or seven times, and then before I came to the program, I carried my disease wherever I went, vacations and everywhere, and now uh, it's a different life, you know. I bring my higher power, which I call God. He goes with me wherever I go. And I bring my literature, and I <clears throat> and I go to meetings. There's meetings on cruises. I'm going to an AA meeting, you know. Um, no, there were not meeting, meetings in Europe, you know, where I went. But I brought my literature, I brought my 12 steps, I prayed, I brought my higher power, which I call God. And we moved, and then I found a meeting two miles from us. Thank you for letting me share. And my, the service that I do today is to, my responsibility is to uh, carry the message to others. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa. Vasa'o. Marazi, it's your turn, and then it'll be Naomi.
8: Monica, did you call on me?
0: I called on Maura Z. Is that you?
8: That would be me, yes. Yeah! <laughs> Good morning, Monica. Thank you so much for your service. Um, Maura Z recovered in Virginia. Sorry, rushing to get to my phone. Um, I just wanted to share on, and I don't have my book in front of me, the alluring... Um, Oh, gosh, I can't remember the wording. But anyhow, things that are are attractive to us when we're not um, in fit spiritual condition, when I'm not in fit spiritual condition. And when it came to traveling years ago, um, I was in program, and I would be abstinent for many months, um, and I would have a business trip to go on. And I knew that I had to stay abstinent. And I knew that I wasn't going to, because nobody knows me in an airport. And so whatever I do in an airport, whatever food I eat in an airport, nobody's going to know. And that was my mindset. And I was upfront about it with my sponsor after the fact. Did I pick up the phone while I'm in the airport? Nope, not so much. But I knew that what I needed was in that airport because I wasn't living the 12 steps. I was living the nine tools. I was working a nine-tool program of abstinence instead of a 12-step program of recovery. And today, thank you, God, and thanks to this meeting and the big book and the 12 steps, I don't have to live that way today. I don't even think about those things. I walk past all the crap they have in the grocery stores already, It's not even Thanksgiving, but they've got Christmas stuff out. And I don't even, I noticed a few months ago, I told my sponsor this, I don't even salivate anymore. I just walk by it, and it means nothing to me. If that's not the definition of a miracle, I don't know what is. And I'm just grateful that it's my little miracle, and that I get to pass that on and share that with my sponsees and the newcomers and the old-timers at the meetings that I go to. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Monica.
0: Thank you, Marzi. And Naomi B., it's your turn, and then Patsy.
17: Oh, thank you, Monica. yay Okay, I can't do it like you do. Um, this is Naomi B. A grateful, oh, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. Um, this is a note that I have in the bottom of my page. Prayer without action is begging. And, you know, this all brings me back to Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps We tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I so miss this meeting. My schedule changed with my babysitting. This has changed. My program has not changed. My, My sobriety has not changed. My God has not changed. And... I don't want to piggyback, but I'm going to piggyback what Renata said about not being able to get on meetings, and I've heard this before about the meetings aren't everything. What I do with this book, when I listen to the podcast, when I listen to uh, uh, playbacks of our meetings, when I go to meetings, when I sponsor, this, I mean, this has taken so much pressure off me that it's like, oh, my gosh, I couldn't listen to Vision. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to lose my sobriety. Wrong. Wrong. I have to accept, and I read the acceptance prayer every day, and I read the resentment prayer every day, and I practice these principles in all my affairs. this past week has been horribly challenging for me. I listen to podcasts I listen to I read in my big book this this is my this is my heroine this absolutely, and this is my recovery and Thank you God for today. I am recovered. God bless you all. I love you, family, and I miss you and uh, I pass.
0: Thank you, Naomi B. And Patsy C., it's your turn.
14: Patsy B. from (laughs) Minnesota. I'll get
0: it. I'll get it one of these days. I'm sorry. Thank you.
17: (laughs) And I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you for your service, everyone. When we were inside doing this deal... Our addict is out in the parking lot doing push-ups. We have one day at a time, and that can start right now. We don't have to wait until tomorrow. Do yourself a favor and do it
3: today. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Patsy B. And guess
1: what? We've
0: got two minutes here. Would somebody like to take those two minutes?
18: I will, Nancy Ara.
0: Go ahead, Nancy. It's yours.
18: Oh, Thank you so very much. Uh, this is Nancy Ara. I'm a grateful Recover compulsive Vita. I've certainly enjoyed all the shares this morning. Um, the... Uh, the readings and the shares just drove home to me the importance of showing up at meetings wherever I am. Uh, I see a very tragic trend in my hometown. Uh, there's a very strong meeting, and everyone is flocking to that meeting. And uh, other meetings, uh, you know, people, you know, when I go back and I talk with my uh, friends, they say, oh, that meeting is, doesn't happen. There's no recovery there. And that just breaks my heart because uh, if we if those of us who are recovered have a responsibility to show up at those week meetings, if we're the only person, if I'm the only person there, I can, I can be the example. Uh, thank God for these people that they didn't have that hang up, that wherever they went, they carried the message with them. And, they, you know, that, that, that is my uh, commitment, wherever I go, to uh, go find a meeting and carry the message. Thank you so much for letting me share. Everyone have a good day.
0: Thank you, Nancy R. And with that, I want to thank everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study, immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Amanda R., can you read for us, please, from page 164? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
19: Good morning, this is Amanda R., a recovered compulsive eater in Maine. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got.